0: Hey, this is Annie and Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. Here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. I feel like you've told me before, but I can't remember. Have you ever been in a play?
1: Oh, we have not talked about this. And yes, I was actually in drama for two or three years.
0: Oh, what was your starring role? Give me some hits. Samantha McVeigh hits.
1: So, uh, I figured out that I'm a lazy, lazy person.
0: Okay. So, (laughs)
1: memorizing things was not my favorite. And even though they liked my talent as an actor, I didn't get leading roles. Mm -hmm. I was, my very first production, I was a stage manager. And mm-hmm. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. But because I talked a good game of looking like I was organized and knew what I was doing, they put me there. And then it was one of our competition plays. Mm, so yeah. huge mistake. Huge oh, mistake. No. We didn't do awful, but I was a nervous wreck. But uh, we did many a plays. We did sound off. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, noises off. Not sound. Wow. This is how long it is. Noises yeah. off. Um, and I played, I forgot what character it was. I, I was very maternal apparently, in my mm-hmm. roles uh, in most of the plays. I, I will give you that. For some reason, they put mm-hmm. me as the mother figure.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know well, if it's my big you, thighs. I don't know.
0: <laughs> did you get nervous? Were you a nervous performer?
1: I can't remember being nervous. I think the I was nervous building up, kind of like how you and I have talked about the fact until I get on that stage or onto that yeah. moment, I'm good, uh-huh. but it's the buildup.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and even now, as I'm thinking about it, I can't quite remember all of my roles. But I will say <laughs> I had really good comedic timing, enough to know when I would get the big laughs. And I usually yeah. were, was the one that would get the big laughs. Well, that's a skill. I mean, I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I already know this answer, but have, you and I have not talked about it. Have you ever been in plays? Well, I know you've been in movies.
0: You've been yeah. in tons of movies, but plays. Well, tons is an exaggeration, but I appreciate it. Uh I, I have been in plays uh what my first role was tree number 2 uh oh, wow. in the uh play the duh, square <laughs> bear on the square play from Delanaga uh I was tree number 2 and also the shopaholic um and I was an extremely nervous performer like I even would get cast in like a lead role and then I would lose it Mm -hmm. because my voice would just shake or I would shake and Mm -hmm. my my brain would go like totally numb. Um, And then I did a bunch of plays back when I was determined to be an actor like maybe six years ago and all of them are really, really messed up dramatic roles. Oh, yeah. Um, and I had an instance, and this this is very embarrassing, but I will share it. Um, where I was a very uh, I, I was clearly struggling with a lot of emotional issues with my husband in the play. And mm-hmm. there was <laughs> one, one part where I like crouched out and I was saying something really serious, and everyone was like, Oh, so good. And afterwards, uh, somebody came up to me and was like, that was a really bold choice. You made uh because my fly had come undone, <laughs> the zipper had come undone when I crouched, and I was wearing white underwear that were stained with blood, but it was sage prop blood uh, oh. from another thing I had done, and so they thought it was some kind of weird like miscarriage thing I was doing, and I was like, oh no. <laughs> Please
1: tell me you leaned into that. I mean, oh, I
0: pretended like, oh okay, yes, okay. yes.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah. I don't think I've ever had any mishaps like that. Most of mine roles, I always, like I said, I was very maternal or matronly, so I had the old makeup and gray hair.
0: Yeah, um, oh so wow, those yeah. Were,
1: those were the main props for me, so I mm. didn't have that type of mishap.
0: Yeah, I, I for some reason I get always the like very troubled, yeah, uh, right. woman roles. Right. Yeah,
1: well, this is. Yeah,
0: that may kind of fit our personalities a little bit. A little bit, a little <laughs> bit. I don't know how I feel about that.
1: But uh, yeah, You're not really troubled. But you can get to that point, which is why you write tragedy in itself.
0: Yes, yes. I like a good drama. I like a good tragedy. They're definitely my favorite. I did do a comedy, and that one was much more intimidating to be by far. Yeah. Um. But anyway, all of that to say, all of that to say. <laughs> We're talking about productivity again, but also uh, specifically specifically performance guilt, right. uh, which is something I've been experiencing. And while we do have jobs that are performance-based, I do think what we're talking about, a lot of people do experience. It's not just performers who feel it. Um, so yeah, since COVID, there have been so many articles on productivity during the pandemic and quarantine. Alternately claiming it's okay to not be productive or like don't even imagine being productive or don't treat this like a sabbatical, don't waste time in quotes or uh, tips on how to be more productive and many other articles on how this whole thing has further exposed an always on work culture.
1: Right. And though we talked about it not too long ago, uh, we wanted to readdress what does productivity look actually look like today? And are we overdoing it? Does our go get them and do more attitude help or hurt? And yeah, the whole level of does it put to the point that we have to perform and show once again, we are always on top of it, we are amazing, we can never be, you know, at fault for things. And even we, I, we you and I have talked about this plenty of times it, that it kind of comes into if we're not perfect, if we're not always on point. Yeah, It's part of our imposter syndrome that we're not doing enough and so therefore we're not qualified for this.
0: Yeah, and uh, to be clear, this is not uh, something that has been limited to quarantine for me and I know for probably most people. Um, but in our job specifically, there are times where, for one reason or another, I am just not on. Like, right. it's not there. And I remember once I had just found out this, like, horrible news, and I had to go into a studio, and I recorded the episode. And every every now and then, I think about that episode, and people wrote in, and they were like, it, it just sounded like you weren't interested, you weren't into it. And they were right. And it's, it's like that balancing act of, though this has to be done, there's a deadline, but I don't have it. And that's happening more and more during quarantine because there are so many stressors. There's so much stuff and it feels like such an excuse when... And sometimes it's not even you or me or it could be someone else on our team. They're, right. they're not there that day or whatever for whatever reason, and the work suffers for it. And I feel such a guilt about it. Like, I'll lie awake thinking about it.
1: Right. I think you and I have had this before. I mean, um, recently, I kind of lost it and said, I can't do this today. I can't do this. I am monotone. My voice changes. I think that's, you and I have talked about this. I actually become more monotone. Mm-hmm. I've become very just uh, robotic and trying to move through it. Um, but... Myself as a social worker who has gone through you know a lot of therapy and stuff, also am angry with myself yeah. that I can't, I just won't sit. Um, but at the same time, it, it is it's this it's this balancing act of fulfilling your obligations and being responsible, but at the yeah. same time listening to your body and listening to your mental health as well. So where is that balance? Who are you hurting? What are you hurting? And who do you owe allegiance to at that yeah. point in time? It kind of does feel like you're betraying someone if yeah. you can't entertain them to a certain point. I know you, know you and I have talked about this a lot of times, as in fact, we talk about it because you and I hang out often and we communicate so differently
0: mm-hmm.
1: about what we want or having to make decisions or who's doing what yeah. that we over-communicate sometimes. I know I do because I want to make sure it's perfect, but the anxiety level of being perfect or making something perfect or making everyone comfortable is so high. And then you put yourself in a pandemic and a quarantine where you backtrack at everything you may have done wrong. And Mm -hmm. this is an overwhelming guilt. And then at the same time, you're not doing enough.
0: Yeah. There's so much. It is. And. I think because we are hearing, we're seeing all these articles about how to be more productive. Or, or the other day I was reading somebody, and good for her, but she was like, "I'm having the best time in quarantine. I'm getting all this done." And we we put that pressure on ourselves, right. and it may. I get angry too. I'm like, "Well, why can't I be better at this? Mm-hmm. It's not like I have other things to right, do." Right. Um, and we did our in our remote work episode that uh, came out recently. We talked about this and about kind of this bleed of work and uh, home life and that balance and how a lot of us actually aren't. We're working more, right? But I feel like I'm working more, but I'm not working better, and that upsets me. Uh, but I also am trying to be compassionate. Of well, <laughs> there is a lot going on. And there's only so much you can push yourself.
1: I think it's also because you are quarantined, and especially you, you're by yourself. And as well as you have done, and as much support group you may have, the inner dialogue never yeah. dies. And yeah. being by yourself, you who have uh, trouble sleeping, myself <laughs> who has trouble with depression and anxiety, both, it just kind of builds on itself when you start to argue And you allow the darker side to take over. And it kind of like, I just got done with Caroline on and Lady Like doing an Instagram Live thing, and I feel awful. (laughs) (laughs) And not because I did anything wrong, but I'm just second guessing everything I said and feeling embarrassed about half the things I said. And if I probably went back and looked at it, which I haven't, I'm sure it was fine.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean, my rational part of me is, Everything was fine. But mm-hmm. the inner dialogue that I can't shut off, and especially trying to perform, especially being, you know, oh, I want to do these things. I want to be better at these things. So yeah, this is the great time to learn your skills, you know, to better your skills. But then feeling like, oh, yeah, there's nothing I can do.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just want to say, like, not to toot our own horn, I think we've been doing a great job. It's just, it does come down to inner dialogue, and just having days where you... It's just such a slog. And I know a lot of people are feeling that. And it was interesting when I was researching this, kind of like very briefly, I found a lot of articles about how uh, people use hustle, the side hustle, as a way to convince ourselves that we have control where we actually probably don't, uh, especially in a capitalistic society that doesn't really care about you. Like, oh, if I this and do this and do this, I'll succeed. like these are things I have control over and how a lot of people, particularly in the United States, use productivity as a coping mechanism. and and that ranks so true for me of like, well, what did what did you what did this day amount to? Oh, I did this list of things. I accomplished right. this list of things right. and how some people have even made it almost a moral thing where it's like something you are a good person if you're productive, right. Um, And then, of course, we all know people behave differently under stress. Some thrive under stress and some don't. But just, uh, I guess I've never really thought about it in that way. And this is a time where I'm having to examine it. (laughs) Right. I I know I've seen a lot of people doing the whole, if I speak it
1: out, it'll come true. So, you know, bringing words to life, essentially. Mm -hmm. And I've seen that as a conversation about making money. And so the hustle, um, yeah. doing this, I'm going to have a savings account. I've seen that as a big thing. And, and that's great lofty goals. But for me, as a person who's like, oh, I can't, it's not because I'm being self-deprecating. It's, that's not possible. Right. You know, like that's for everyone. And, and putting this out there for yourself as self-motivation thats great. But setting yourself up to fail is a whole different story. Yeah. And that's what I've seen a lot of, like the back and forth of like, yeah, these are really great things. But realistically you're in an area you're in a country that if you've not been given these things because your family already has it you may not ever and that doesn't make you any less just because you didn't have the same opportunities does not make you less but you set yourself up to fail when you put that same standards on yourself as those who's got the money who's had that money and pretend like that was their goal it's just it's really interesting to see these american dreams when it's like it's not an american dream it's a rich person jury. it's the billionaire's dream right. to continue to get more money because they've already had that money or be to continue yeah. to or has a big system that helps them build up so this could be a whole conversation if we're talking about monetarily successful capitalism and who does it help does right. it really help
0: the working man
1: no yeah. woman yes yes
0: <laughs> yeah that is a whole big conversation um and a, and a lot of this could be expounded out um <laughs> But for now, uh, that's sort of, it's been on my mind lately, a lot of, of guilt around not, it's not that I'm not productive, I am. It's now I have a guilt of that it's not good what I'm right. producing.
1: And it's only going to get worse because contrary to what you see on social media, things are not getting better and we should not necessarily operate at full yeah. Social status. Mm-hmm. Um, but continuing, because I'm not going to lie. I've put up some really pretty pictures of beaches, but I've been fortunate enough to have connections like you and people who have been uh, quarantined enough and have a small circle and then being able to be in an isolated area. Yeah. Uh but outside of that, that's it. And seeing people like talking about traveling and going and seeing people yeah. like, going to restaurants and things. And, and I'm like, oh no, I'm missing out. Maybe I'm overreacting. Da, da, da. But then at the same time, like, but also part of this is like, we had over a thousand deaths this today alone. You know, yeah. um, that's not happening. It's not nothing slowing down.
0: Yeah.
1: It's continuing to be worse. And it's continuing to happen. The fires in California are ugly, are like really, really horrendous and very, very tragic. And it's not slowing down. So, yeah. Not to be the sad sack of the group, as I always am. is <laughs> not necessarily going to be better. We're going to mm-hmm. have to start allowing ourselves to forgive ourselves yeah. on everything we can't meet. And that's part of the trick of this
0: whole damn thing. Yeah. It is. It is. Um, and we're all figuring it out. Uh, it, it's different for everybody, so... <laughs>
1: uh, but it's okay. We're here with you.
0: We are. We are. And I still can't make sourdough bread. Me either. Well, I haven't tried, but uh, I suspect it won't go well. I am going to try it, though. Are I'm going to enter um, the trend as, as like everyone's done with it. That's right when I'm like, it's time.
1: <laughs> I paused all my knitting.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: my basil plants have died, the only plants <gasps> I have. Oh, they no. died because I was gone this week. And... Um, I didn't set up proper watering
0: schedules.
1: Mine, (laughs) ruh-roh. So yes, I have a many a failures in my (laughs) pocket, but it doesn't mean I won't keep trying. I'll go buy another basil plant somewhere.
0: This is an interesting. It became more of a downer than I thought it was going (laughs) to be. But I should have known. That's what we do. Yeah. Well, we're in this together. <laughs> um, uh, we would love to hear from any listeners about uh, your thoughts on um, productivity and performance guilt, or just how's it going for you? Um, How is it ha- going for you? Yeah. How's your quarantine going? You can email us at stuffmedia, momstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Instagram at stuff i never told you, or on Twitter at momstuffpodcast. Thanks as always to our super producers, Andrew Howard and JJ Posbey.
1: Sorry for making you sad.
0: <laughs> and thanks to you for listening. Stuff Mom Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
1: This podcast is brought to you by Kim Crawford Wines.